0: Welcome to the Reading Project Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Ashley De Mercurio from Your Reading Tutor, LLC. I am a private reading tutor, podcaster, virtual summit host, and business mentor. I'm also a wife and a homeschooling mama to my two kiddos. My mission is to help families, caregivers, and educators build stronger and more confident readers one episode at a time. I want you to know that you don't have to be a teacher to help your struggling reader. Over the last few years, I have helped dozens of families and students, including my own son, move from being reluctant to confident readers. And I'm here to show you that you can too. Thank you so much for being here and listening to the podcast. I'd love to know you're out there, so take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and share it on Instagram. Tag me at your reading tutor. Okay, let's do it. All right, welcome to today's episode of the Reading Project Podcast. I have Josh Mann with me today, and I'm really excited to chat with him more about tutoring and helping students with learning disabilities. So thank you so much, Josh, for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Can you tell us more about yourself and your journey as an educator?
1: Sure. I went to Sarah Lawrence in New York. Uh, I got a degree in writing and theater there. And I started tutoring about 13 years ago. Actually, well, let me rewind a little bit. I, I, ha- I have dyslexia and I got a lot of help when I was a kid. I was very lucky and I had this amazing tutor. And when I was done with school, I think my mom actually recommended that I get in touch with him and just to touch base. I had no idea I was gonna be tutoring or teaching or anything. So we got together and he was like, I think you'd be a great tutor. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, and I actually have a student for you. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I, I just started doing it with this one student and he you know, had a lot of C's, he was struggling and I brought, I brought them all up to A's and B's. I think actually straight A's uh, eventually and the rest is history. And, and I mean, that's the really short version. He had a learning disability and I think it just came naturally to me. Uh, and also knowing my own struggles I, and knowing what, what helped me, I, I kind of applied all that to, to this student. And then he had a therapist that heard about me, who actually heard about me before this. But after this happened, he started referring me to lots of students. So th- that's how it got started. And then I also worked a lot with learning disabled schools. There's a school out here in Encino called Westmark, and they—I uh, worked with them for a long time, and, and they specialize in dyslexia. And then there's a school called Bridges Academy, which is more for gifted students, but they have a lot of them have emotional or behavioral challenges. So, I, so I—I I, I got a lot of experience working with those two schools, and and I got training too. From, from them and from some of these people I worked with, these educators. They were, you know, they're the best out here. So that's what sort of launched everything. And then I got into homeschooling. I got really into writing because my degree is in writing. So I helped with college essays and just, well, it started with just normal essays, you know, not for, for homework. And then we're doing test prep and college essays. And I'm also a writer and an actor. And I bring in those things to to the to the work and makes it more fun and exciting and uh, I have an improvisational quality I bring to and I, I I treat sometimes some of the essays like a script if it works and I try to bring in lots of analogies because I want to I want the kids to relate to the work and to me and I want to make it fun and relatable and if they have analogies and things to draw comparisons to I feel like they get much more uh, invested, engaged, and motivated, and interested. So I, I know I gave you, another was the long, I gave you the short version and then the long version.
0: No, it was great. Thank you for sharing about your own personal struggles with dyslexia. And, you know, I think going through those things probably helps you to better relate to some of the students that you're working with, because um, you know firsthand, you know, what it's like to have that kind of struggle. And I think it's really cool that you bring in, you know, the idea of like an essay being like a script and and acting and improv. Is that improv that probably makes um, working with you really fun and interesting, different, you know.
1: <laughs> I hope so. But <laughs> I have to ask them. The verdicts still out there with the students, but I you know I've I've had I've had lots of success stories, and you know I, I had a student. She when I first started working with her, she you know, uh, had a lot of difficulty reading and, um, you know, ha- had trouble writing and, and now she's in a great college and thriving and, you know, just, just, killing her. so I, you know, I have lots of stories like that. And I think that's the most rewarding part is seeing the, the change, the positive change in the student and, um, seeing their improvement, you know, and it, it just feels rewarding to see that I made a difference, uh, I think that, uh, that that's where the real gold is for me. <laughs> yeah.
0: For sure. So you have a lot of experience working with students with different kinds of learning challenges. Um, and we all know these types of students are working really hard you know, in school to, to keep up or to try to get ahead. You know, they're, they're already working hard. So should these students with um, learning disabilities or different learning challenges be looking for tutoring in the summer or should they be taking summers off?
1: I think, you know, there are exceptions to everything because every student's different. But in my experience and from, from what I've seen, they should definitely do work during the summer because what ends up happening is they get rusty and then the first couple of weeks of school a lot of it is playing catch-up or they get behind right away and if they go in on top of things that's less likely to happen uh, and, and they're more you know in the flow of learning and and ready to go it's like you know if you're running it'd be like an athlete you have to train to to do something and otherwise you'll pull a muscle or or even even with acting or writing, you, you don't, you always wanna keep the muscles um, in shape. Otherwise, yeah, uh, you know, now, now with that said, I think for some students, if they're really burned out, they need a break, you know? So I, and I, th- I don't think there's anything wrong with a break, but I think if someone's really struggling they they can't take too long of a break until they're in a better place. And that's why something with my tutoring, I'll start off twice a week and then maybe go down to once a week. Some students, I only see them, you know, when they have lots of work or they need help with a specific project. But in terms of students who need a lot of help, you know, because I think the students who are, A like I, I work with a student, she's an A student, she's a brilliant uh, writer and sometimes she just gets overwhelmed, especially when the work piles up. So I kind of, I come in and help her prioritize, get what needs to get done, help her with studying and the projects that feel overwhelming. But for students who need a lot of help, I think consistency is key. It's so important. Like that student I mentioned who, when I first started working with her, she had extreme problems reading. Like she could barely put a sentence together. and, And now she's at a great college and That student, I worked with her every summer. So yeah, for years. I mean, I worked with her pretty much from the time she was in seventh grade till she was a senior with only small short breaks, maybe a month here or a month there. So students who need a lot of help need that consistency.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I think, and I love that that you brought that story up and we're highlighting that often students who need a lot of help will need help. It's a marathon, right? It's not a sprint. Like it takes, can take a lot of time. You know, I have a student I've been working with for several years as well. Not and that's not every student. Some students come to me just for the summer to, to stay fresh until they go back to school. I agree with you that most students, if they have a tutor during the school year, they probably should continue tutoring throughout the summer. But maybe you can build in, like if their family is going on vacation, actually let them take that week off, right? Don't act, don't try to plan vacation tutoring during vacation or if you as the tutor are building in a vacation time like you know maybe they don't tutor every single week during the summer there are a couple of breaks and um, the other thing I always bring up is summer is just naturally like a fun time and there's always typically there are like outings you know fireworks 4th of July whatever so it's not like we're asking these children to work the same amount that they're working during the school year
1: (laughs) no no and when I tutor during the summer, it's a little different. I try to make it as fun as possible, and it's a lot more relaxed. But at the same time, I, you know, I'm still zeroing in on what needs help. But yeah, I have a different approach during the summer. I have a student, we work together all of June, but they're taking July off and most of August off. I have another student who, they're going to come back a month early to prepare for, for the school year. So I think that's a good idea. If, if people really wanna break, they, maybe they start tutoring a month before school. That's one, another approach. So you, know, you can take part of the summer off, you can take holidays off. My whole philosophy with tutoring and my whole approach is it's a little different for everybody. I, I don't have a one size fits all. So I, I really try to honor the student, their individuality and what I think they need specifically.
0: That's fantastic. Well, I love with so many online tutors out there now, there, there's availability for different kinds of tutors, different personalities. So even if, you know, you live in LA, but you mentioned earlier working with someone from Boston, right? So there's different tutors for different kinds of students. So what are some tips that you would give a parent um, or an educator who's trying to help a parent look for a tutor? Like what are, when, when they're looking for a tutor, what are some tips or um, what should they look for in a tutor?
1: I think it's good that they have a, a background in it and that they have experience uh, and they have a good education and maybe that it's a good fit for that student. Some of these stories I'm telling you about, it was really a great fit. Like we really had a great rapport. So maybe looking at a couple and seeing which one will, might have the best rapport with my child and maybe you can t- test it out and, and see, or just talk to, you know, I do con- I'll do a 15 minute consultation with the parent or the student, whatever. So you can, you can feel it out. I, I like to go a lot on intuition. When I look for a coach or, you know, a mentor or something, I, you know, I do a little bit of research. And then when, when I find someone I like, I, I just feel like, oh, that's the guy, that's the person. So part of it, that's a more, a less intellectual part, more of an intuitive thing. So I think intuition, you know, some people really need a, a male. If they think they really need a male or sometimes it doesn't matter. Cause I, I work with, you know, I work with everybody. It doesn't, doesn't matter to me, uh, but sometimes it matters to the kid. Sometimes it doesn't. So, you know, maybe if they have similar interests or if there's a connection, that's always great, but you, you want to find someone that, has enough experience and background to, especially if it's a learning disabled student, to be able to come in there and and, and know what to do and, and have some skills and some some tools. So it's not just any tutor, but someone who actually has tools for that specific thing.
0: Right, absolutely. And I think tutoring is one of those, or the, to say you're a tutor, it has your title. Like it's one of those words that, um, is changing. Like it used to be a tutor was like a high school senior who went to the library and helped your kid with their homework, you know? And I think now, especially since everything that's gone on in the last few years, uh, people are starting to see and understand that there are these amazing educators out there that are tutoring, you know, they're tutors, but really we're like private teachers. Um, and so, knowing the difference, right? So sometimes when people come to me looking for tutoring services in their mind, they're thinking like, Oh, $20 an hour to the high school senior, you know, that's not what we do.
1: No, no, I I'm I'm a specialist and and I'm also a teacher. I do homeschooling. I teach literature, uh, writing and I do that. And I still do that. So I'm, I'm a full-time educator,
0: absolutely and so when a te- when a, a parent is looking for a tutor it's important for the parent to think about what why they're looking for a tutor and what the child really needs like are they looking for you know just homeschool support someone to read with or are they really looking for a specialist that can help like target and close these specific gaps in their learning
1: yeah i really look for what are the weaknesses what are the strengths building on the strengths finding out what's what's going on, what's the issue, what needs the most attention and really zeroing in on it, you know? Yeah.
0: Great. Well, what would you want the parent of a learning disabled child to know from a tutor's perspective, from your perspective?
1: Know that anything's possible. There's a lot of potential there with a lot with most of these students I work with. So don't lose hope. You know, there's definitely so much that you can do. I've seen changes overnight. I've seen some that took longer. Some changes take years, but even if it takes years, that's okay too. It's okay wherever your child is at. It's okay, uh, and then when you get help, it gets better. It just gets better, you know. So I think there's there's there needs to be a level of acceptance, like okay, my child, this is what's going on with them right now. That's okay. We're gonna get help, and the situation is gonna improve. So optimism acknowledging the student, the student's potential. Cause I think, you know, 99% of all the students I work with have amazing, extraordinary potential to do really well, you know, no matter how severe the the challenges are.
0: Right. And that is one of the great things about a, a one-on-one tutor is that you can really focus on exactly what that child needs and help them to, to reach that. Yeah. Well, we also have some, um, we have educators and tutors listening also, and I was wondering what you would want tutors to know about working with these types of students that you work with.
1: And I want to say one more thing about before another thing for the parents is I think it's important to be realistic as well. You know, some, some parents, I think, get too hard on their children and, that's not, and they expe- expectations are just too high. I see sometimes parents are thinking that the student, you know, can go to Harvard when they're not seeing the the situation clearly sometimes. So I think being realistic, can be really helpful because once when you're on the same page and you're realistic, then you can really take off rather than coming at it with an expectation. That's not realistic. Then it's, it's more challenging, harder for the kid.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good point because I definitely have worked with families before in my tutoring practice that are thinking like, okay, like let's do eight sessions and then we'll be on grade level, you know, and it doesn't usually work like that. (laughs)
1: It takes time. I mean, I think, I think the parents and the tutors, you, you asked me about any advice for other tutors or educators, and for the parents, patience is important. You have to have a lot of patience. You don't know when the changes will happen. You have to just let the student go at their, at their pace. You know, you help them as much as you can. Patience is, is a, a valuable uh, tool
0: yes for sure and i know sometimes when i've been working with a student for a long time all of a sudden there'll be these this like leap in progress and i'll think like oh gosh it it seems like it happened overnight but it really didn't right we've been working on these things for two years so um that's something that even i have to remind myself because when the when the light bulb moment or when the progress happens and all of a sudden things just start clicking and you're like, oh, my gosh, it's, it's happening so fast. But it really isn't right. You and the student have put in so much time. Um, so sometimes
1: I think parents need to acknowledge that more. You know, I've the best success stories I've had is when we work together for at least a year. You know, because sometimes that's what it takes. You want a quick fix. I have a lot of tools I can do in one session. I can do a workshop. I had this a couple of weeks ago, uh, there was a student who uh, they had a fi- you know, they had finals and they needed help writing and they, they needed some lessons too, cause they, they felt like they just weren't getting the tools they needed in school. So I did a bunch in a row, works- writing workshops un- uh, one-on-one, just giving them, teaching them everything I had uh, with the right, as much as I could in, in this time frame. I couldn't do everything obviously, cause I teach long classes, but as much as I can do in one workshop, so, I mean, th- that's a different approach. And I think she got a lot out of it. But generally speaking, it's better to do consistent work.
0: Um, well, I'm going to spring a last question on you because I <laughs> I always ask my um, guests what books they're reading right now. What's their favorite book? I like to end every episode by talking about books. And I forgot to give you a heads up about that.
1: <laughs> so I love a, a Nobel Prize winning author named Jose Saramago. He's amazing. There's one book he has that I do with students. It's called The Tale of the Unknown Island. It, it's a children's book, but it has some sophisticated philosophy in it. But it is a children's story. And it's very short. But all his other books are really advanced. I, I can't usually do them with my students. They're, they're more college level. There was one book, uh, I did with students, I was homeschooling them and they re- I got their reading up to a really high point. And then we were doing like Dostoevsky and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, I, let's try the Saramago book. Uh, it, it's its about an elephant. It's, I think it's called The Elephant's Journey. It's very hard, but they did it and they loved it. He's one of my favorite, non- suspense, action. It has everything, you know? And then I did, I did Midsummer Night's Dream with younger kids and that, that was a blast. Last year we did Twelfth Night and The Tempest. If you can do Shakespeare, you can do anything. That play is just brilliant. There's so many layers to it. You know, there's, there's humor in it. There's intensity, there's family drama, there's philosophy, there's.
0: Well, I think that's great. I mean, if you can, if, if you love it and you're passionate about it, then you'll be able to share that passion with your students.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I try to pick stuff either I love or they love one or the other, you know,
0: Yeah, exactly. That's a good plan. All right. Well, where can people um, find out more information about you and your business and your classes?
1: I have a website. It's called collaborative tutor.com. So collaborative tutor.com. And then my email is collaborative tutoring at gmail.
0: Great. We'll make sure to include those in the show notes so people can find you.
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be great. And I'm also on Facebook. That's another place you can find me. But the website's probably the best.
0: All right. Awesome. And do you have any openings in your schedule right now for new students?
1: Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, yeah, I have. I have a few openings.
0: So, what would be your ideal client right now? So, if, if somebody's listening to this and they are thinking about a tutor, <laughs>
1: you get so much out of uh, working with students who who need that support to go through that metamorphosis, that change. So any student who needs long-term support for reading, writing, who's open to doing books, I suggest, when I come up with a curriculum and we we work on that together, they really shine and really, they really take off. So I think someone who's who who needs help with a learn with learning disabilities or writing, anyone who needs long-term support or summer support,
0: Yeah. And you primarily work with older students, right? Like middle school and up or?
1: I do both. I I have a couple of students who are younger, but yeah, I, 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 for the most part it's middle school and high school, but I have, I have like taught kids how to read. I do work with younger kids. Uh,
0: Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you so much, Josh, for coming on.
1: Oh, my pleasure. You're, you're a brilliant interviewer.
0: I appreciate your time. Thank you.
1: Great. I really enjoyed this. Yeah.
0: All right, everyone, that was a great conversation with Josh Mann. I hope you had some key takeaways, and if you did, I would love to hear about them. Definitely take a screenshot if you are listening to this episode and share on Instagram. Make sure you tag me at your reading tutor and let me know what you enjoyed about today's episode. I just want to quickly recap some of the things he talked about that really stood out to me, especially when you're looking for a tutor, because I think it's important to realize that not every tutor is going to be a good fit for every student. And I know when I first started my online tutoring business, I didn't really think a lot about that. But now that I've been doing it for a few years now, I can see that the progress and the results happen so much easier and so much faster when it really is the best fit. And thanks to technology and video tutoring, we have the ability to look for tutors all over the country and the world to find the best person to meet your child's needs So we talked a lot about whether or not children who are struggling learners, should they continue tutoring over breaks, over summer break, winter break? And I think that it is important to to really think about this and think about your child and what they need. And I really like what Josh said about watching your student for burnout and seeing if they need a break. Because taking a break isn't bad, but if you are a struggling reader and you've been working really hard on these skills, just like an athlete who's been working hard to perform their certain sport better physically, right? Like you don't want to stop for too long cuz you lose that growth that you've made. You lose those gains and then you have to start again. And so, taking the whole summer off is probably not ideal for a student who is trying to get caught up or get on grade level or is just working really hard to improve their skills. So tutoring over breaks in some capacity allows your child to, quote, stay in shape, right? With their tu- with their reading skills or their learning skills, whatever they're working on. And I also really liked that we talked about how tutoring can really take time. And sometimes as parents, we can have unrealistic expectations about how it's going to go with our kids. And this happens to me too, right? I have a six-year-old and a 10-year-old at the time of this recording. And sometimes I have to step back and stop myself from thinking like, why, why isn't this happening yet? And so we really have to keep that growth mindset in mind and remember that tutoring takes time, right? They have a lot of years of whether it's just they've gotten behind or they have this obstacle with their learning that they're trying to overcome, but it takes time. And then all of a sudden you'll see this really great, you know, you'll have this moment where you can see the growth that's happened. And we just have to remember to really celebrate those and look for those. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Reading Project Podcast. Until next time, keep reading thank you all so much for listening it truly means the world to me if you love this podcast and have found it helpful and you want to help us reach more families you could do one of two things or both just take a screenshot and text your three best friends or teacher friends encouraging them to check out the podcast or take a moment and head on over to itunes and leave us a five-star review i love reading the reviews and hearing what you're enjoying about the show and how the show is helping you at home And I'd love to be able to give you a shout out on the show and share your review with everyone. So thanks again. Until next time, keep reading.